particle accelerator smashes the atoms together like a little antimatter factory to produce positrons, which are then stored very carefully inside electric and magnetic fields. The positrons interact with the fuel materials to produce heat, which produces thrust. That's pretty old school, this one. It's beautiful. Antimatter powering the movement of matter, bringing positrons into existence to move other forms of life across space. I love it. Conceptually and actually. Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast. This is a podcast that talks about Doctor Who. We're talking about an episode called the Saranga Conundrum. I am Ken. Jeff. Julia. In this episode, which aired on November 4th, 2018. Stars Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. Yes. So the Doctor and her companions get blown by a bomb and wind up on a hospital ship where they have to, um, which get which is under attack from something that looks like a cross between a porg and the baby dinosaur from Dinosaurs. It's a ping. A pating. Yes. Very cute. Very cute. Very silly. So, um, just out of the, the general reaction to this episode was, huh? No, it, it was, um, I, I didn't like this one as much as the last four uh, this one was a little bit of a letdown. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I didn't think they did a really good job with the characters in this one, which they had done some really good stuff in the past. There were a couple of good moments, but I felt the whole pregnant guy plotline was sort of just to keep a couple of people busy and had some good moments toward the end, but didn't really add much to it. And even the others, all the other characters, I didn't have any att attachment to whatsoever. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I, I'm, I'm starting to agree with you guys more wholeheartedly that having three companions is too, too many. Yeah, it doesn't. There's, there's no story. Yeah, it seems like it's, it's not working, the three companions. There's well, too there, many. There always seems to be one that gets left out. I mean, I thought the there's been a here I am now defending it, but you know, there's the last couple I thought they did pretty good. Like in the last episode, Yaz had quite a bit, and then Graham had like, some really good moments in that episode, and Ryan not as much. So there's always one that gets left out. It feels like I felt like all of them got left out in this one. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it was felt superfluous. Um, but then I thought Jodie Whittaker had some really good moments in this in this story as well. Um, you know, not anything to jump up and down about, but some. She was interacting with different characters, not as much with the companions, but with the two medics that were on board. And mm -hmm. each each one, she had a significant amount of time with, and. and it was good to see that. It was good, some good interaction with her. Yeah, I, I feel like she's calmed down some. Like, her, her doctor is not as manic as uh, she was 
earlier, not as uh, frenetically, I don't know, she just, it just seems to have calmed down yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and um, I'm liking this season a lot. I think there's a, a they're doing more with stories, not a, not as much emotion and, and more stories. There's definitely been some really good character emotion in it, not over the top. Um, but I don't know if the stories have been that strong. They've been very simple. This one is kind of like a Gremlins type of story where something gets on board the ship and just starts eating away at it. And if I think, you know, I'm sure you would agree that if the creature was <laughs> horrific or something that was uh, monstrous or something and, and scary, I think it would have been one type of story. Instead, they had this thing that was kind of like, oh, you know, kind of cute. And maybe if it was made more for laughs, maybe it would have been a different type of story, which I might have hated. But <laughs> um, it might have made more sense. There seems to be conflicting, you know, the teeth and the growling. And then it was like like the adipose. It was, it was like, super cute. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm, I've been thinking about Ryan and his character and I just I'm not really getting his reactions to things I mean is he just so shut down because he's had so many bad things happen to him or is the actor just not very good because you know we talked about his mother dropping dead in front of him or him finding her dead or whatever and it was just like flat yeah there was no emotion and it kind of it it started. It's kind of felt like, especially in this episode. I haven't noticed it so much in the others, but especially in this episode, it felt like all those stories he was telling about his family, you know, about his dad not having any contact with his dad and his mother dying. They just sort of felt tacked on. Like they didn't. The dad thing had something to do with the the plot line, but you what you think it feels like it's an afterthought. Like oh, by the way, we'll just add this. Kind of, yeah. Like, it doesn't fit in with the story. I'm just wondering when the father is going to appear, and you're going to have that awkward preaching episode, and then all of a sudden, at the end, they're like, oh, I love you, love you. Ah." Well, I I feel like with Ryan, they're they're starting eight or nine different things that are going to be resolved. One of them is riding a bike, which (laughs) at some point we're going to see. No, I mean... And then the other one is is high fiving or or a fist pumping gram. Fist pump gram. Yeah, because they haven't done that yet, and they they keep saying, "Oh no, no, no!" But obviously, something's going to happen at some point where where that. So Ryan's going to break break into this. He's going to break out of this wall, maybe, and he's going to be able to ride the bike. He's going to be able to, uh, <laughs> you know, acknowledge Graham as his grandfather. <laughs> um, yeah, I just hope it's not because they're going to kill Graham off and that's when he's going to connect with him because then I'll be pissed because Graham is the best companion on this. Well, he's, not, he's going to have a hard job doing a fist bump if that happens, but... Well, they'll do it when it's done. <laughs> He'll do it when Oh, okay, I see. You know, and that, that, that same thing is, you know, they'll call him granddad and, and I'll just be like, oh, my God. Yeah, that'll be a lot of eye-rolling at that point. Uh-huh. Telegraphed. I don't know if they'll kill him off because. God, I hope not. Well, maybe they'll know. kill off Ryan. 
Ryan finally learns to ride the bike, uh, but he goes off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope practice. they don't kill off anybody, but, you know, I uh, somebody's got to leave, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I have a – my gut instinct is to say that both Ryan and Graham will leave no matter what happens, and I think Yaz might stay on. I, I would like that. I would love to see Yaz and the doctor together because I think when you have just two people – the doctor and one other companion, even though that's sort of a big formula um, that's happened so many times, I think you really get um, more out of each character. Yeah, I agree. When you, when you spread it out with two or three, you know, it, it, you lose that. You don't have as much. Um, unless it's done correctly, which I don't know if it's necessarily being done correctly right now. So the other the other thing that kind of I found a little like took me out of the moment of watching it, you know, it didn't take much to take me out of the moment because this was just a silly episode, but like an unintentionally silly episode was was when she was talking about the. What the heck is it called? The thing that's like the CERN collider. That was powering the ship. Oh, the antimatter. Yeah. The antimatter thing that was powering the ship, and the and the explanation was like, I don't know. It just was. It was very jarring to have that explanation just thrown in there like that. It, it well, wasn't. I felt like it was a teaching moment. Like it was almost like we got a. This is why this story reminded me a little bit of the first Doctor stories. Not only with the extra companions. If you think about it, that's what the companions did. They would go off, and one of them would stay with someone, and what they would all three of them would go off somewhere. The first season, anyways, the first the first TARDIS crew, mm -hmm. and then there would be there would be moments where the Doctor would sit there and say, "Well, Susan, come over here for a second. Let me explain to you what's going on here, science-wise." Or Barbara, would, and that's why Ian would be science. He would teach. Well, here's what's happening, what's what's going on with the science, and then Barbara say, "Well, and so here's the history." So it was like a learning lesson, and, right? Um, and in a way, this what felt like in this episode, it felt like she was just kind of teaching people about it, and maybe that's been happening all along. I mean, if you look at Rosa, it was sort of a historical thing. We're having more historical episodes recently, and they've been less about running around with. You know, oh, I want to get in bed with Rosa or stuff like you know. There's you don't see that like you did in the the last ten years. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like like the female companions swoon over the male, like um, Shakespeare or whatever. You're you're, you're seeing more of the uh, and they're not praising they're praising Rosa, but it's not going overboard. They didn't go to a Rosa museum at the end. Although I guess they kind of showed what she did, but they didn't overdo it. Like you know, I'm, I'm here. I am poking fun at the. Um, Vincent and the Doctor, even though I thought that was fantastic. So maybe I'm being really <laughs> hypocritical, but anyhow. Yeah, I, I guess so. It just it didn't seem as subtle, maybe, as it has in the past. Yeah. It, it felt more like she pulled up the Wikipedia page about the CERN collider and read what it was. And it, it was just sort of... But I, I, like, I liked her complimenting it. I liked her how she was getting really into it and she was kind of all animated about it and going, oh, this is really, and it's, I love the beauty of it, just the, 
pure beauty of it or whatever. And that's something that I've enjoyed since the show has returned for the last 10 years, how each doctor at one point or another, maybe not Eccleston, but, but most of them <laughs> kind of have moments where, oh, well, Eccleston said it, did it in, um, he, he goes, look at you two. You know, he's talking in the uh, episode with, um, oh, man, I'm forgetting the titles, with uh, the Rose Baby. And when they're in the church, and he's complimenting oh, yeah. Father's the Day. Oh, yeah, Father's, Father's Day. Day. He's complimenting the couple that's getting married. He's like, "You look at you two. And he, he's just kind of complimenting. And all the doctors have sort of done that. They find someone to super compliment to the point where they're like, and and she did this in this one a few times with the people. And mm -hmm. um, and so when you see stuff like that, and you, you recognize that trait, it's kind of like, oh, good. This is a check mark in the right direction for this doctor because they're acting like she's acting like the doctor. Yeah, and the doctor has always definitely been a little bit in love with humans. Hmm. Until until Capaldi, he was more grumpy. <laughs> but yeah. you know, he still had his moments where he he let it through. Yeah. yeah. And and some of them have most of them have a two-sided love affair with the humans. They 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 kind of like the humans, but they also can rip into them pretty quick. And Pertwee did that quite a bit. Um, Colin Baker, definitely Eccleston. Yeah. And, and so we haven't seen um, Jody do that too much, but... Um, yeah. Well, she's only had five... At least not yet, anyway, right? So she's only had... They couple. haven't done anything to piss her off yet, either. Yeah, I'm waiting for that. That's the sort of thing. I want to see the doctor. I'm getting a little bit off track, but I love stories when the doctor is out of their element and kind of not in control. And, mm -hmm. and that's when they start to get cornered, and that's when the doctor gets really um, dangerous and becomes serious or angry or gets goofy and gets out of the situation and is able to, and, and Matt Smith did that quite a bit. Uh, we recorded one recently with the, uh, the angels and she, he really kind of got really mad at, at Angel Bob and not angry necessarily, but almost like, that's it, I'm enough of this, but. Yeah. Waiting for that. In this, for I'm sure it'll happen eventually. It doesn't, it doesn't happen that frequently, but yeah. it's good when it does happen because then you remember, you know, what this doctor has been through mm -hmm. in his however many, her, however many years he's been around now. Um, so it's, you know, it's a nice reminder of that, that you're not dealing with a human, you're dealing with an alien. Yeah. Um. So you had mentioned Silly, obviously the main creature. I don't even think the CG was that good. It kind of no, felt throwback it, it, to Adipose or, or even Slavine. And it was, you know, oh yeah, it was cute, but it just it didn't look right. I mean, I guess one moment I... It looked cutesy. Yeah. One of the even moments... When it, even when it showed its teeth and what was vicious, it didn't yeah. seem all that. Threatening. Really? You just looked at it and you just rolled your eyes like, really? Yeah. I mean, it's little 2018 grumpy, and that's what pants. you're giving us? Yeah. 
and, and so I don't know what they were going for. I mean, obviously they wanted something. I, I, I feel like they just wanted a toy to, to <laughs> make something that would then be, be made into a toy for this Christmas. And that's what the fans want. They've been all on social media going, yeah. oh, you got to make that as a toy for Christmas. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, so there it yeah, is. there was a thing in the Radio Times about that today that I saw. I didn't read the article, but I saw the headline saying the fans are clamoring. Like, really? Well, I would actually like one so I can put it in the bag and kick it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like that scene. I, I did laugh out loud twice at the, the creature. One was when, yeah, was it Yazik that yeah, she kicked, know, kicked it. it? That was funny. I... I, I I was, and then when it blew up and it floated by the camera and smiled like it had indigestion or something, I, I, um, I laughed at that too. I don't think you were supposed to. <laughs> no, probably not. I think you're supposed to laugh at the kicking part, but uh, yeah. um, like I said, I don't know. It just the rest of the characters are just so underwhelming to me. I, I didn't care yeah, about I the didn't. general and her brother. And I didn't feel guy. any. Of any attachment to any of the characters at all? I didn't didn't care that one of the one of them got blown up in the escape pod, and that the general she died trying to save pilot in the ship. I was just like, uh, oh well. I was like, there's no attachment whatsoever to the characters. They're like so underwhelming. Well, there was care. too many of them. Yeah. Did I will say else find that close-up scene when the the dot the general was. Her brother was helping her, and that like close up of them like whispering. They they did not look like that. Did not look like a brother and sister scene. Well, <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. Huh? I'll go back and watch that. It was a little too like, close. <laughs> the um, I, I just picked up on this, and I don't know if I'm. If I have to go back and watch all the episodes again. What I noticed, and I guess this makes for, if you have a good actor or actress plays the doctor, one of the signs of that is that they can bring good performances out of other people. And Julia had mentioned it earlier but, um, that the first guy, the first doctor, the first medic that gets killed in the escape pod, mm -hmm was halfway decent. His character seemed to have, you know, there was something to his character. Yep. And his main, rea his main interaction with, was with Jodie Whittaker. And th those moments, I thought, worked really well. And then he gets killed. And then the other medic was kind of nondescript, but had good moments with Jodie Whittaker. Well, and that so was sort of her thing. She was... She had no self-confidence. Yeah. And so that's what he, Astos was his name, told okay. her at the end, right before he blew up, was that he had faith in her and he's always believed in her. Mm -hmm. And then he, you know, then he died. And so then Jodie Whittaker basically told her the same thing. And, and um, you know, she came through in the end. Yeah. But it, it felt like almost to me that when the doctor is in the room with someone or Jodie Whittaker's in the room with someone, and she interacts with them, that that character elevates. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I'm not sure if that's true with the four before that. I'm just coming up with this now. But she didn't have hardly any interaction with the pregnant guy. And to me, no. he was completely... 
except for that, you know, Ryan kind of saying, well, look, I'm going by my experiences, so, you know, and he ends up convincing him to keep the baby and this stuff like that. That was fine, but I, I didn't care for the character. It was a little bit of a comedy relief, sort of, and he wasn't that funny. No, he wasn't. It was annoying, if anything, because, you know, you're getting into the tense tension, and he's like, push, you know, it's like, oh, come on. Yeah. That was a distraction, that. I found. You didn't you know, really need the pregnant guy in the story at all. Well, you been did because you needed to have something for Ryan and Graham to do. They yeah. had nothing to do. But that's the problem when you have three companions. Someone has to do something. It's not like, especially when they're on a ship like that, it's not like one person could get captured and the other person is lost or whatever. Right. It didn't feel like that they had enough story for this episode. Um, you know, every episode, I think, so far this season that's been longer this season has filled it up really well. You know, there's been moments where it's been slowing down and able they were able to talk and get those characterizations going. This episode, though, I'm, I'm kind of like, wow, is this only a half hour? I mean, it just seemed like there wasn't much story to go around. I also found myself staring at how much time was left because yeah. I was, like, getting bored with it. I was like, how much longer? How much longer? So, yeah. and that's usually not a good sign. <laughs> I'm really loving this season. I love a lot of the things that they've done with it so far, but this episode is not a, a good example for me to paint, say, look, everyone, because I just don't think it was really that good. Um, but it didn't have... It did remind me a little bit of Russell T. Davis. It felt like it had fallen back into that a little bit, but there was nothing in it that really totally annoyed me. Yeah. But there was no, like, we've been praising the cinematography, we've been praising the editing. And the it music. Just, the music was okay in this one, but the editing and the cinematography, there wasn't really, it felt like, um, I don't know, it felt a lot like the first Doctor season. It, it just didn't have much to it. There wasn't much, the lighting was really bland because it was all bright. And that's not necessarily, that was probably planned, but... It just didn't have that much atmosphere, maybe. I, I agree. Crit criticizing a lot of it, but... Well, it wasn't that great of an episode. I mean, no. it really... There was a lot to pick apart, and it was very... Um, it was a thin story. Yeah, yeah it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't one of the, the better ones so far. Well, it's, the, it's probably the, my obviously least favorite of the year, I think, because... So, so far... Everyone, well, why are you that pot? You think one other one's gonna go down? Well, it's a good percentage that there might be another clunker. It's it's like with ten, ten stories, or I mean, sorry, eleven stories with the the New Year's special. It's bound to get one more. Yeah. Well, as long well, as it doesn't revolve around New Year's Eve, we'll be good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And then, and then it's funny you mentioned that because I'm like, yeah, well, what could they do for New Year's Eve? And I'm like, oh, yeah, they already did a New Year's Eve episode. They did? <laughs> yeah. When? The, the movie. The Paul McGann movie. Oh, oh wow. yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like, I kind of lost that from my mind. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel a little down after this episode because I had been feeling up all season, and I think they had been getting better. And Spider-One had some issues, but 
had some creepy levels to it that kind of I don't know, but this oh, one was sort of... yeah. This had no like I had there. I would had a lot of jumps when I was watching Arachnids in the UK, and this one I was just like, dum dum dum. Yeah, you're bored. You're like, hurry up and get over. I wasn't bored. I just wasn't entertained. Yeah. There, the, there's a scene in this episode, I think, where the creature is below them and hitting the floor. Is that right? Am I remembering yeah. that correctly? Yeah. That could have been terrifying if we knew, if we didn't know what the creature was looked like. Yeah. It might have been terrifying, and but the, we had already seen it by then, I think, so the damage had been done. <laughs> yep. And uh, but if they had made it something that looked, I, I don't know. I guess if it, no matter what, I, you know, like even crit, something like critters, the movie critters, even those look horrible, but they're they're still kind of cute because they're small. I guess you have to make something big to not make it cute. I guess. So. Yeah. But, <laughs> Uh. Well, hopefully next week's is better. It's a historical. Yeah. And the Rosa Parks one was good, so hopefully this one will be too. Yeah, it's possible Chibnall's just really good at, well, I mean, we can't sit there and jump the gun and say he's good at historicals because, you know. We've only had one. We've only had one, but the sci-fi ones that he's done or the more sci-fi ones he's done, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, but he didn't write. Did he write Rosa? Or um, someone else wrote. Someone else wrote Rosa. Was he co-writer on it, or was that Arachnids? Arachnids. No, he was co-writer on Arachnids. Mm. No, he co-wrote. Well, he's got co-writing credit no. on Rosa. Mallory Blackman wrote it. Well, it goes back to the whole. You know, and we can debate this forever. Is when you have someone that's producing, and they and they sort of put their emphasis on on it. You know, we go back to the whole. Did Stephen Moffat, when he wrote for Russell T. Davis, was he kept in check because Russell T. Davis looked at the scripts and said, "Whoa, let's let's reel this one a little bit," and that's why they're so good, or because now that after. Russell um, Moffat didn't have anyone to rein him in. He just went crazy and didn't necessarily do a really good job all the time, mm. or as much as he did. So now I have to wonder, you know, is Chibnall sort of the weekend, and then they'll bring in really good writers? Well, according to IMDb, so whatever that's worth, um, the writer for Demons of the Punjab, which is the next episode, is Vinay Patel which mm -hmm. is an Indian name. And the woman who wrote Rosa was a black woman. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully they'll bring their, you know, cultural knowledge Yes. to this, to the next episode. But Chibnall doesn't have credit on the next one, so maybe he's okay. not, you know. Well, I hope, I also hope... It's good that they're getting these writers, but I hope that they're able to give these writers more chance to write out of their comfort zone. Like if 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 somebody's writing about India, then I hope they don't just bring her back every time they want. I mean, 
In other words, write a regular sci-fi story that's not about India, and, and then see. Because, I, I mean, I, I feel like a, a lot of Hollywood and a lot of places are just kind of like saying, well, wait a minute now, like Black Panther movie, you can't, get, you can't hire a white writer to do that. Okay. <laughs> and now it's like, can you all only hire people that Captain Marvel's female, so you have to have a female director? And now you're like, that seems to be the direction we're going in. And I don't know if I'm trying to be controversial, but I don't want, you know, I'm glad that they got new writers because we need new blood. Because everything, mm -hmm. this last couple of seasons especially, that there's just... There's something wrong with the the especially the fan family, the fan writers that have come in. They've been fans for years, and they come in. They write. I don't know if these people are fans of the show, but mm. I feel like the best writers to get in are the ones that maybe not have even heard of Doctor Who, <laughs> and they don't need to, they don't need to know what direction the sonic screwdriver points in or whatever just write a really good story and you know rosa is a good example of that um it fit right into the doctor who's thing so the, i'm really looking forward to the next one because of that idea it's like you know so we'll see Boy. i don't know i think it's good to have somebody who's like if you're going to write a uh, an episode that's based on rosa parks I think it's better to have it told or have it written from a black person's with a black person's perspective yes. because they're going to add more nuance to it than a white person ever could. Well, no and, how and, involved they were with the with the civil rights movement, and let's face it, probably somebody who's writing for Doctor Who right now wasn't around during yeah. the civil rights movement, mm -hmm. or in 1947 India, which is yeah. when this other one is set. So. When it comes to historical stories, you're right. I, I mean, it makes sense to a degree. I mean, you, you know, you do something about the Roman Empire, you're not going to, what are you going to do, hire a Roman? But, well, no. But, but, but I'm talking about it, the woman who wrote Rosa did a really good job, I thought. I thought that that was a really good episode. I want to see more of her. Mm. I want to mm -hmm. see, I don't want to see her do another historical, necessarily do another historical, may, maybe, but I also want to do her to, to do a story where it takes place on a spaceship. Okay. Yeah. It has okay. nothing to do with. I, I just don't want everyone to feel that. You know, we, we don't want to. I, I don't know what I'm saying, but. No, I think <laughs> I mean, you you don't want black people to only write black black stories. Yeah. Episodes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. It, it should be. Just get the writers and do it. It doesn't even matter what they look like or, or what their background is. I guess the background does help a little bit when you have someone who's really good at comedy, for example, then maybe they can write a comedic episode. That's mm. not always the case. You know, sometimes you get these writers that are really good at comedy and they write for Doctor Who and they just do a horrible job. But um, So maybe there's a little bit of that, but then just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Makes more sense in my head. Like it always does. So. Anything else about this one? No. 
Not really. No. Did we actually talk about the episode? <laughs> A little. Oh, okay. Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs>